Hello everyone and welcome to Charity Talks. I'm Brooke Dinevsky and today I spoke with Laura Rowe of the Food Fortification Initiative. As you'll hear, food fortification is not always an issue that is at the forefront of people's minds. However, a lack of nutrients in the food consumed by people in underdeveloped countries is a tremendous problem, with millions of people affected each year. I think you'll enjoy hearing Laura discuss how passionate she is about FFI and how FFI improves the lives of people all around the world. I think that this is definitely an issue that most people should consider getting involved with, and really it's important to learn more about it, so I hope you enjoy. I'm on with Laura Rowe, the Deputy Director of the Food Fortification Initiative. Laura, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you so much for having me. So to start, could you share a little bit about yourself and why you chose to get involved with FFI? Yeah. Um, So FFI is the Food Fortification Initiative, and at uh, FFI we focus on providing technical assistance to governments and food producers and how to put in place a a national food fortification program as a means of addressing uh, micronutrient deficiencies that might exist in the country. So things like vitamin A deficiency, iron deficiency, zinc deficiency, um, and folic acid deficiency. So those are some of the big ones that we focus on. And I really got involved in in fortification and more broadly micronutrient malnutrition um, when I was working uh, at the National Institutes of Health um, after college. And I was there and I was planning on going to medical school, actually. Um, And I had very little exposure to nutrition prior to working at the NIH. Um, and there I, I got the opportunity, I was lucky to have the opportunity to work with a number of different health professionals there, and that's really where I got exposed to nutrition and uh, international nutrition specifically, and um, I felt like nutrition really was preventative medicine, um, and preventative medicine was, was what I wanted to do. So I, I shifted my uh, plans, and instead of going to medical school, I went to school to get a degree in nutrition. Um, all along with this interest in, in micronutrient uh, deficiencies. Um, I ended up at a, a group called Project Healthy Children um, for about 10 years that did work very similar to FFI and then shifted to FFI a few years ago. Um, so all with the hopes of, of working around preventative medicine um, through, through nutrition and specifically through micronutrient malnutrition. Nice. And could you just talk a little bit more about what food fortification is for someone who might not be very familiar with the term? Yeah, absolutely. So fortification um, is the addition of essential vitamins and minerals that a population might be deficient in to foods that people eat on a regular basis. Um, So in the U.S., this might look like the pastas that we eat have folic acid added to them already. Um, a lot of the milk that we drink has vitamin D, some of it has vitamin A added to it. So this is fortification. This is adding nutrients to a food that people consume consistently on a regular basis because there is demonstrated need in that population for those nutrients. Um, 
So sometimes you're adding nutrients that were never in the food in the first place, um, like uh, vitamin D to milk, or sometimes you're adding nutrients that were present in the food but were taken out through the, uh, through the processing process. Um, so this might be flowers um, during the milling process, B vitamins are taken out of the flour, and so you might want to add them back in um, to keep it a, a rich nutrient product. Yeah, and what are some of the implications of this work? Because I know that I read a study recently that found that over 50,000 birth defects of the brain and spine were prevented in one year due to flour being fortified with, with folic acid and an average of 137 healthier babies every day resulted from this. So what are some of the other health aspects that people may not recognize? This is really the beauty of, of food fortification and of addressing micronutrient malnutrition. And this is what caught my attention from the very beginning. Actually, you know, these tiny, tiny nutrients um, that, that you, you can't see and nobody thinks about um, have such a tremendous impact if we don't have the right uh, levels of them in, in our body. So you mentioned uh, neural tube defects. 75% of neural, du- neural tube defects in the world can be prevented um, if moms have the right amount, have a sufficient amount of folic acid in their diet um, when they're carrying the child. And actually, it's, it's even preconception. You need, moms need to have, adolescent girls need to have the right amount um, preconception um, in order to prevent these neural tube defects, which um, can be very detrimental um, growing up, you have um, paralysis um, and some some uh, extreme forms, and incessantly babies are born with, without a brain and they don't survive. Um, so really, really um, tremendous implications uh, of having these deficiencies. Iron deficiency um, uh, is one of the leading causes of maternal death during childbirth. Um, so this little tiny nutrient is very, very powerful. Um, iron deficiency can cause anemia. We hear about anemia a lot. Um, you know, aside of the extreme cases of potentially causing death during childbirth, um, it, it makes you tired. You're not as productive. Um, you don't have um, the, the right amount of um, the hemoglobin in your in your uh, in your red blood cells, which carries oxygen, and so you, you're tired. Um, zinc deficiency has a, a powerful um, uh, implication on immune systems, similar to vitamin D, and we're hearing a lot about that now. Vitamin D and, and zinc affect immune systems. Vitamin A deficiency um, is actually the leading cause of blindness in children around the world. Um, so these are you know big, big implications yeah. of not having these little tiny nutrients. Yeah, as you're saying, it's really crazy to think how something that may seem so small to us in the U.S., when you take it on a more global scale, it's really impacting the world. So it's so important that we address these issues. And I was wondering, what kind of global scale is it? Yeah, so FFI works um, in pretty much every region in the world. We're supporting um, close to 20 different countries. Um, we have a presence in Africa, uh, the South Pacific, in um, Southeast Asia, in Central Europe, um, and we we go where a country asks us for support. Um, so we wait for a country to say, you know, we we would like 
assistance putting in place a, a national food fortification program. And we want to see that there's demonstrated need uh, for the fortification program. So we want to see that there's um, data on population deficiency of one of these uh, micronutrients. And then, of course, is there a food that can carry uh, the, the nutrients? Is this food consumed on a regular basis? Is it reaching the target populations? Um, so there's, there's a very specific set of criteria that we want to make sure is in place um, before we actually provide that assistance to, to the government. Yeah, and since you're working on such a global scale, how do you make sure that you're really paying attention to all the different countries that need help? Yeah, well, we have wonderful staff. <laughs> um, we have a great team at FFI um, that is is just great. We have um, staff in, in these different regions, um, and that's really what, what makes us effective. Um, the staff in the different regions can be responsive. Of course, we can't help every country we want to help. We, yeah. we do have um, funding limitations. Um, we wish we were twice the size or three size, three times the size that we are right now, um, but, but we can't be. Um, so we, we prioritize the high burden um, and, and high need countries. Um, so those that have, you know, the largest burden of neural tube, defect, neural tube defects or anemia um, and those that show the greatest potential for a food vehicle that can actually address those deficiencies. Yeah, I think it just shows how important donations really are because would you say that through donations, honestly, the program could just expand? It just needs the resources? Absolutely. I mean, we, we think we can reach an additional 1.5 billion people if we had more funding. Um, and so that's, that's a lot of people um, that we would still like to reach um, with additional funding. So we do, we are very limited. Um, we are one of the smaller organizations out there, um, which actually makes us makes it a little bit more difficult to get funding, ironically. Um, we're not as well known. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the, the more funding we could have, the more countries we can reach. It's really as simple as that. What are some of the specific projects that FFI works on to really ensure food fortification? So we'll help countries that are in any stage of the process. Um, so some, there's some countries that are at the very beginning stages that say we want to put in place a food fortification program. Um, and so we'll start by understanding um, consumption patterns in the country, um, how much of the food are people eating, and that helps us to be able to draft the standards um, that say how much iron will go in the food. So, for example, if it's iron being put into flour, we'll say how much flour are people eating in the country, and then we'll do the calculations in order to say, okay, well, that means X amount of iron needs to be put into that flour. We'll help put legislation in place in a country um, that ensures that the program is mandatory, that creates a level playing field for the industry. Um, we'll work with consumer associations to raise awareness about what's going on. Um, and we'll work with the uh, food inspectors to make sure that there's a framework in place that can monitor the food. Um, to ensure they have the right amounts of vitamins and minerals being added to the food per the national standards. Um, so that's that's really the sequence, and we'll we'll start we'll help we'll help a country at the very beginning. Um, we'll help countries that I often call stuck in the mud, ones that have tried to have a fortification program for many years and just can't really get it off the ground. We'll help those, and then finally, ones towards the end of of the design and implementation phase, the ones that are trying to determine whether the foods are adequately fortified 
for the national standards, and then whether there is go- going to have be a nutritional impact uh, based on the foods. Um, so usually you want to wait until there's 80% coverage before you determine that. And so we'll help countries, um, of course, measure whether there's a nutritional impact. So it sounds like since you really help them along every stage of the process, it's definitely a long-term and more sustainable charity and organization. Yeah, you know, fortification is interesting in that sense. I had somebody um, explain it to me once as, we're not in the business of of holding babies, um, meaning that we don't often see the individual health impact of fortification because it is a longer-term policy approach to improving nutrition. So it can take a long time to get a fortification program put in place in a country because it's it's policy, it's legislation, it's standards, it's um, it's it's food you know food standards. Um, it's monitoring after X period of time. So you know we don't always get to see the individual who doesn't have anemia anymore because of our program. Um, and so in that sense, it it can it can be a little harder for those involved in it. At the same time. The actual impact of fortification programming on a public health level is that much broader um, and more impactful than working on an individual level. So we know we are, we may not see it, but we know that eventually that good will be spread out further than if we were working at the individual level. Yeah, I think that's so important for people to really realize because sometimes when you don't see those individuals, it can be harder to recognize that these are actual people and not just statistics. So I definitely think it's important to acknowledge how so many individuals are being helped. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Building off of that, I know that FFI is a GiveWell standout charity. So could you talk a little bit about what this means, especially in relation to cost effectiveness? Yeah, so um, GiveWell is a um, kind of a nonprofit evaluator. Um, that looks at charities, that looks at nonprofits, and um, determines which are the most impactful and effective at the work that they do. And so we're very proud to have um, been chosen as a standout charity um, uh, based on their criteria. And, and really, it, it just means that we um, we have a good bang for our buck, if you will, um, and, and that's also the beauty of, of fortification. Um, the costs um, to actually implement a fortification program are very small um, compared to other interventions that may be out there to address micronutrient malnutrition, such as supplementation programs, um, biofortification, behavior change communication, all very, very important interventions, um, but they are more costly than food fortification um, so I think that the GiveWell recommendation both looks at the intervention that we're working with, which is fortification, and then us as an organization in terms how, of how we operationalize getting the technical assistance to governments and making sure they're scaling up and creating sustainable programs. Yeah, one of the reasons that I definitely want to start this podcast was really just because there are so many charities out there that obviously it's impossible for everyone to help every charity, but I think it's so important that people actually do the research and look into how much of an effect does each dollar you put into the charity have. So I think that's really amazing how you know if you donate to this charity, it's that money is going to be used 
as much as it can be. We're very lucky to have the GiveWell out there <laughs> that does all that work for us. Um, they just they provide a great service uh, to the world um, because that's that's hard work to do, um, and and most people don't have have the time to to put into that or even know how to how to go about evaluating that. So we're we're grateful for them for going through that work for us. What are some of your own experiences that have really shown you the impact of FFI's work? Yeah, so so something that always comes to mind to me when I'm asked that question is um, an experience I had when I was in Burundi many years ago. And uh, we were working with, with the government there, with the Ministry of Health and the Bureau of Standards to put a, a national fortification program in place. And we were holding a workshop um, that was training inspectors how to monitor the food to make sure they had the, the right amount of nutrients in them. And there was a woman there who came up to a colleague of mine at the time, and she was hearing about fortification for the first time. Um, and she said to my colleague, she said, um, I really wish you had come here a few years earlier, because if you had, my mother wouldn't have passed away during childbirth um, of, of anemia. And that to me was one of the most powerful things I had ever heard. That was the closest I had come to, to actually seeing the individual impact. Here it was the potential impact we could have had saving this woman's life. Um, but it, it really drove home to me, you know, obviously the need for this, but that the desire for people in these countries to put these programs in place is, is also there. And that's so important. You know, we come in as, as non-citizens and, um, of course we come because we're, we're asked to come, but we're still outsiders. And to hear someone's experience and how they feel about the importance of these programs, um, was very powerful. Um, so, you know, obviously, you know, we could have stayed with a life there. That's a powerful statement in and of itself, but also the fact that, that this, this woman and presumably others there too really felt like they wanted this program to be put in place. And of course we need that for sustainability. Yeah. I think that it really just shows how this might've been only one of few individuals that you've personally seen the impact of, but you can magnify and just look at and see how so many people have been impacted. Yeah. Yeah. No, it gives you, gives you goosebumps to think about it. Um, the other, the other thing that comes to mind to me, and this is interesting, um, was an experience that we as FFI had in, in Malawi actually, um, during a, a, a similar workshop. Um, but we had Millers present and, um, the Millers weren't totally aware of what fortification was. They, they were told they had to do this, that they had to add the nutrients into their flour. And they said, okay, this is what the government's requiring. This is what we'll do. But, you know, they didn't really ask why or, you know, what the implications were. But in Malawi, at this workshop they attended, they, they got to hear about what, what these nutrients actually did, um, what adding folic acid particularly to the flower, how it can prevent children from being born with these terrible birth defects. And there were actually some children there who had been born with the birth defects, and they got to see and speak with them. And that in and of itself was very, very powerful to, for industry to see what this tiny little step they could take. And they're not in the, the, the business of public health. Um, they're, they're a private sector company. And so here they had this great opportunity 
to touch somebody's life and to, to prevent, potentially prevent some of these birth defects from occurring. And they were just grateful they could do something like that. And it made them even more engaged in the program. So the importance of really involving the millers and, and telling them why, and not just telling them they have to add the nutrients, but explaining to them what the implications of, of adding those nutrients really, really are. Sounds like educating is an important aspect of what FFI does as well. Education and consumer awareness, Miller awareness, ministerial level awareness. Yeah, because this is something that, you know, it, it seems, you know, we've been working, we FFI, uh, we've been working in this field for a long time. And so we think it's obvious. Well, of course, you, you need folic acid to prevent neural tube defects, but most people don't know that. Um, and because it's such a simple step, it's such a tiny nutrient, um, it, it makes it, it makes it even more powerful and meaningful for, for those, you know, millers. They don't have to do much. They simply, you know, it's a small cost for them. Um, the processing component of it is fairly straightforward, but the public health implications are huge. It's amazing how something so small seeming can do just so much. And I think that a lot of people listening to this will really want to know how can they get involved and what can they do to contribute to FFI in whatever way possible. Yeah, the first thing I would say is, is go to our website. You can donate to us on our website. Um, we are not a registered 501c3, but we have two different platforms uh, that people can contribute to us uh, financially through. One is through GiveWell, um, and that's, that's probably the, the easiest way to give. Um, we have a link to give well there. Um, and Emory University in Atlanta is our fiscal sponsor, so you can donate through Emory, and the funds will, um, if your mark will be sent to us. Um, so that's that's two financial ways. But anybody that's interested in getting involved in non-financial ways um, shouldn't hesitate to reach out to us. My contact information is on the website. Um, you know, we're always looking for assistance in, in various ways, maybe collaboration with other groups doing similar work um, or working in similar regions. So we'd love to, to hear from you and explore what some opportunities might be. Great. Thank you. And is there anything you'd like to add? Just the importance of these tiny, tiny little nutrients. They are so powerful. Um, it's really what got me involved in this in the very beginning, and it's what drives me every day. Um, it's a simple simple process um, that really has powerful implications um, for saving lives and preventing disabilities. Um, and it's, it's what I'm very passionate about. So I'm so grateful, Brooke, that you've invited me to speak today and share my passion with everybody else. So thank you very much. Thanks, because I definitely think that a lot of people might not be familiar with, as I was saying, food fortification, but it's so important that people understand what something like this can do for the world. Absolutely.